on, everybody? Welcome to People Playing Games, a podcast all about people who make the world of games awesome. And joining me today is a games and tech media veteran. He's a senior editor at PC Mag. Most importantly, he is a fellow fighting game connoisseur. Jeffrey Wilson, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really, really well. How are you doing? Doing good. As we were just talking about, uh, we're, we're finally kind of coming down from that E3 high and settling back into New York life. Mm-hmm. Settling, air quotes, because that's why there's a little bit of madness happening in New York. There is. It never, it never really slows down. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna put Jeff on the spot really quick. So you're, Uh-oh. so, so Jeff, for you guys listening at home, is basically the reason I have the job that I have now and the career that I have, um, through just kind of uh, a whole bunch of uh, really cool right place, right time scenarios. Uh, mm. We met, I think, at some press event for some shmup game yes it was um oh yes i think it was like a, a, a flying bear like in a spaceship or something yeah, am i wrong about that no I, I don't i don't think you are i need to go back and, and find out what the game was it was a super super small game it was like mm-hmm. ps3 360 era right. uh, yeah this is I, by the end of the show we need to figure out what the game was um was yeah, rising star the publisher uh yeah that sounds super familiar Mm. I think it was. Um, so we'll get there. Okay. So yeah, we met back then. That was probably like, I don't know, 2012. And then one thing led to another. I eventually uh, contributed to your site, 2DX. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you eventually let me know that your old company was hiring. And, you know, now we're now we're both here, you know, still doing our thing. And that's, that's what this industry should, should be all about. You know, you know, people playing games, people helping people, Ooh. you know. Um, that's going to have to be the spinoff show. <laughs> people helping people especially <laughs> in this day and time seriously yeah so uh, um yeah it, it was, it's 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 funny you you mentioned that because um i recently went to an alumni night at my at my old college and you know you meet you meet the young students uh, people who are about to graduate and i'll tell them what i do and they're like oh can you get me into the business oh I'm of like, course it's like it's like yeah it sounds super simple but a lot of it like you said is you know right place right time exactly and um yeah i mean you still have you obviously have to still put in the work you can't just be like you know hey my buddy really wants to write, write about video games give him a job <laughs> right be nice if it, was, if it was that simple but uh so yeah i just want to start off giving you a quick shout out uh thank you because you did help me get to where i am today and uh so to kick things off as we always do here on people playing games we're going to do a segment called first favorite worst Okay. And uh, what I want to know is the first game you ever played, your favorite game of all time, and mm. what you think is the worst game you ever played. <laughs> the first game that I remember playing, now I'm 43 years old, so I remember the heyday of uh, Atari and, you know, the, the growing arcade scene. Uh, the earliest game I remember playing is um, probably Asteroids. I remember seeing the upright like in a, a CD types late seventies early eighties bar and was obsessed with that game. Do you have you played it recently? Have you ever revisited? It? Oh yeah, it's not good. <laughs> 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 I was I was speaking about this with uh, my coworker Jordan Minor who you had on the show. And oh yeah. I was saying I went back to uh, Asteroids like two years ago. I was like, it's a it's a fine version, but I couldn't play it for more than five minutes. Yeah. No, it's a bit shallow. 
So uh, moving on to your favorite game of all time. This is where things get tricky. Um, I have to pick one? See, so this is the funny thing. I, th- I think everyone struggles to pick one. So I'll, I'll let you cheat a bit. If you, want, if you want to pick two, pick three, you know. I'll pick three. Do your thing. I'll pick three. Go for it. Uh, King of Fighters 98, SNK classic nice. uh, Neo Geo fighting game. Uh, it's so rich. Uh, the two fighting systems, the incredible roster. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the, the high points at SNK's uh, fighting catalog. Um I'd also pick probably NES Contra. I may have logged more hours in NES Contra than maybe any other game that I've ever played in my life. Uh, the two-player action, the, the, the alien killing, the you know the Arnold and and, um, and and Sly knockoff characters. They were great. You know, <laughs> when you're 12 years old and you see that, it's like, how can I not love this? Of course. Um, the third pick. What instantly comes to mind is uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. It's a good one. A uh, very forward-looking game, uh, all about manip- manipulation of data and truths and, you know, international warfare, and it's damn near reality now. It's kind of eerie how it how it foreshadowed everything. Yeah, so bizarre. That's that's a super solid three, and 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 knowing you for several years, that 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 top three makes sense. <laughs> Um, so we're going to go off on a quick tangent. So would, would KOF, would you say KOF 98 is your favorite fighting game? Favorite fighting game? Um, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll divide it into errors. Like, uh, like all the pre polygonal games, it may be my favorite, even though I rank yeah. like the third strike up there. And of course, MVC two with that incredible roster. Oh yeah. Um, those are probably my top three top three fighters of all time in the two D space. When you get to the polygonal stuff, this last like two years or so have been incredible. Oh, it's it's been amazing. I mean, I know you're a fighting game. You you love fighting games too. Like we have uh, yeah. Injustice. Uh, you got KOF 14. We have Killer Instincts back. Pretty much every big fighting game besides Virtual Fighter is, is back and thriving. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, just pretty much just this past month, you know, it's I've been lucky enough to review like Injustice and and Tekken and Arms and even Ultra Street Fighter Two just back to back, which has been really cool. And yeah, everything's kind of thriving right now. I mean, Street Fighter Five's you know, got its issues, but I even like that game for all for all the problems it has. Same here. It's it's. I don't play it as much as I play Tekken now or or Injustice or even Arms, but I love watching like pro level Street Fighter players. It's a beautiful oh, game it's, to watch. Yeah, yeah high high level Street Fighter is still fantastic and just keeps getting better with mm-hmm. like just new talent constantly popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up KOF '98 because that is one of the greatest series. Uh, I'm really happy 14 is is still doing well, coming to Steam, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we could talk about fighting games all day, obviously. <laughs> uh, but let's let's move on to some stuff we don't like. So, what's your what, what is the worst game you ever played, Jeff? The worst game I ever played. Uh, only one game comes to mind because, despite my ranting sometimes on Twitter, I do have kind of a, <laughs> a, a wide kind of buffer for my love of of, of video games. Um. But I get teased a lot by some of my friends for liking Ninja Blade. This kind of like semi obscure 
uh, Xbox 360 game. It's, it's full of QTE, um, hmm. and it's barely playable. But I kind of <laughs> kind of dig it for what it is. Um, but for purely bad gameplay, um, it's just game on the NES and from SNK once again, which is a huge part of my gaming life. Um, it's a game called Athena. Um, side-scrolling hmm. 2D uh, adventure game, action adventure game, and it's just awful on every level. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the controls are awful, the music is bad, the graphics are bad, and y- you probably can relate to this when you're young, you get a game, um, and you want to like it so much, like you try to will yourself into liking a game because you got it for Christmas or your birthday, and even then I couldn't accept Athena. <laughs> even even without you know even without the options just return it for something else yeah it's like okay like, that's like an hour in i'm like this is this is horrible let's take this <laughs> back to toys r us <laughs> oh man well that's that yeah, that's certainly I, certainly a game i never heard of so i learned something new today but switching gears to uh just your career in general so obviously today you're a senior editor at pc mag uh when did you first get into writing and decide that, you know, you want to write about tech and games for a living? Oh, wow. Um, I broke into the industry. It was in 2003. I, uh, I lucked out and that I got it. I got an internship with the same company that I'm with now, Ziff Davis, but for a different magazine. Uh, before that, I, I did some light teaching. I worked on like, uh, the docks at 42nd street, you know, loading up trucks, and those weren't for me. And I always loved writing, um, you know, just from either doing it myself as a pastime or reading like, you know, some of the great words from, you know, Chris Claremont in my X-Men comics. Um, so I did some uh, I did some uh, free writing for this website. It doesn't exist anymore called uh, I think it was called For Your Entertainment New York. And it's all about the cool things happening in the city. And I reviewed a store that made milkshakes. It was a milkshake-centric store on St. Mark's, Mark's Ave. And uh, that was my clips that I used to shop around to different publications. And based on that, I got an internship with this magazine called Sync, S-Y-N-C. And I uh, got hired as an intern for six years. And, excuse me, six months, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a long internship. <laughs> they better have been paying you well. Free sandwiches every day. Yeah. Here's the Metro card. Uh, <laughs> For the rest of your life. Yeah, I had a six-month uh, internship. They hired me full-time. Did six more months, and the magazine folded. Uh, I was a little lost for a while, and I was disappointed because that's like my first real you know, editorial job. Uh, so I freelanced for a while, um, wrote for the WWE very briefly, uh, came back to Ziff Davis – uh, almost almost ten years no almost six years later, but in that middle time I worked where you currently work, um for Laptop Magazine which is now Perch. Yep. Yeah. So the New York City media scene is very is very small. Oh yeah, we've everyone's been everywhere. We uh we joke about the the Mark Spoonhour school of journalism. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you will learn your stuff fast and quick. Exactly. It's very true. So going from so a couple things. Um, so when you say you wrote for WWE, was that for their magazine, their website? Oh yes, it was for the magazine. Um, what happened when uh, Sync folded? The editor in chief, 
got hired to revamp the WWE magazine. And so he brought along all his editors, but that required moving to Connecticut. And I, I was still, I was still broke. I was living at Coney Island, which is like, you know, an hour and a half from Manhattan, much less, you know, getting Connecticut seemed like an eternity. Mm. Um, so I didn't go there, but I decided to do freelance work for them. I wrote a couple of uh, articles, uh, feature, feature pieces about tech um, relating to wrestling and things like that. Um, and based on that and some of my previous clips for other things, I got the job at, uh, at Laptop Magazine. Awesome. And somewhere along the way, you founded your own website called 2DX.com, uh, a website that uh, I'm pretty familiar with. I might have done some things for. <laughs> yeah, I did a couple, before... a couple of fighting game-related pieces for us. Yeah, I, I, snuck, I snuck a few op-eds in there before <laughs> yeah, everything disappeared. Um, so yeah, so so what inspired the creation of 2DX? Uh, boredom. <laughs> I was I just wanted to do something fresh. Um, there are lots of sites out there. Very few were covering uh, 2D games at the time. So I just created on a whim, and I decided, you know, why not I, I get some people and see what we can do with this? So I brought along, you know, you came aboard and, you know, our, our mutual friends like Tim Torres and um, things just, just branched out a bit. And, you know, but all good things came to an end and, you know, 2DX uh, is now defunct. So as why why did it kind of fall apart? Was it just not having the time to maintain it? Yeah, like, you know, as my as my day job at PC Mag grew. Um, I, you know, took on more responsibilities there and I started doing more game coverage there. Uh, I just, I just couldn't do both. Just couldn't mm -hmm. do both. And, uh, and eventually it did become a bit of a conflict of interest as 2DX expanded beyond just 2D games. So we were encroaching on things that I would do at, at, uh, at, uh, at a day job, which, um, which came along at the right time because I was kind of waffling about whether or not to close the site down. And then uh, uh, I had a meeting with one of my editors, like, this is great stuff you have here. This should also be on PC Magazine. So I pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, took the remaining crew and they became my freelancers at PC Mag. That's right, because, yeah, I've, I've seen, obviously, Tim worked with you guys for a while. and Zamora, Gabriel yeah, Zamora. I've seen Gabe, yeah. Isaac oh, Rouse. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, we were speaking before about, you know, people helping people. <laughs> You kind of brought brought a lot brought most of the crew with you uh, over to PC Mag, which is really cool. So, uh, speaking of your day job, PC Mag, how did you first land there, and then eventually, you know, work your way up to to what you are there today? Well, um, I kind of had this weird path. Speaking of people helping people, okay. uh, uh, when I was working at Laptop, uh, my colleague at the time named Brian Heater, um, he had left. And I believe that he went to PC Magazine and he, he sent me an opening for a, few, uh, a new position that I interviewed for, but I was told that I was overqualified for after I got hired later on. Um, uh, but eventually a second position opened, which is the one that I, I currently have. About, I got that about a year later after my uh, initial interview. Sweet. And today you're the senior editor so kind of how how uh what was the journey from you know were you always a senior editor there or did you did you start somewhere else and kind of work your way up i was i was just an editor at the time and and basically my day-to-day -day, 
um, hasn't radically changed. Um, I'm still I'm still doing lots of product reviews, uh, lots of product roundups, things of that nature. You know, vendor meetings. But now I pretty much oversee the gaming division on top of that. So I do uh, mostly PC games. We live we leave the console stuff more so for IGN. They they had that pretty much locked down. Um, so we do the PC reviews. Uh, we do some light benchmarking in the reviews to help, you know, give you know, the PC-centric top crowd the kind of content they're looking for, you know, performance and things like that. Right, right. Well, what would you say is the biggest challenge of the job? The biggest challenge? Um, probably shifting gears because uh, most of my job is actually uh, doing product reviews. But then when it comes time for me to um, – do the gaming uh, content that requires me to put on my editor hat where I'm editing other people. So shifting back and forth between, you know, the person who submits writing and the person who's editing writing is probably the biggest uh, change the pace, change the pace on a daily basis. Yeah. That's, that's a balance I, I could certainly relate to. And it's, it's a tricky one, mm. um, but it's, it's a satisfying one when you get to, you know, kind of edit and help other people out while, yeah, hopefully still doing some cool content of your own. Right. It gives you it gives you a, a wider skill set instead of just being a write, a writer. You're also an editor and you get to see the other side and hopefully <laughs> you can identify your own mistakes in the process. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> I think that's part of the process. Being able to recognize like, oh yeah, this I this these mistakes I'm correcting. I kinda of make I kinda of make these all the time still. Right. I should probably stop that. Right. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a cool process. So uh Obviously, you know, you've done a lot of interesting stories and features at PC Mag. You know, I was recently reading uh, your piece about kind of the cool ways that fighting games are evolving. And, you know, you wrote an awesome uh, column about kind of the return of arcade sports games. So what are some personal highlights for you in terms of <clears throat> the pieces you've written? Uh, I'm really proud of this eSports article that I've, I've written recently. Uh, I interviewed Snake Eyes, uh, a popular FGC member who's uh, won EVO uh, once or twice. Yep. And um, it's pretty much showing how I, I evolved from hating one esports to being absolutely <laughs> obsessed with it and watching streams almost every night now. Um, that one I'm really proud of. Um, at PC Mag, I, I also uh, handle the web hosting reviews and I pretty much created the entire testing process. For, for that, so that's not really gaming related, but it's one of my my my, my uh, big topics at at the job. Um, and of course, just going to like E3. E3 is like you know, for those who have never been to E3, E3 is like the Shangri La of uh, <laughs> of video gaming. But it's so much work. Yeah, it's a grind. It's, uh... My my friends always get you know tell me how jealous they are when I go and like yeah, it's an amazing experience, but. I'm not sitting on my butt playing games all day. Like, <laughs> no. You're pretty much running to meeting to meeting, you know, playing playing 10-minute slices of games and then just, you know, furiously writing best-of lists. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> and hopefully having time to, like, eat some chicken tenders <laughs> right. if, you're, if you're lucky. Um, yeah, E3 is kind of crazy. Speaking of, so how many E3s have you been to? Uh, not that many. Uh, when it comes to E3, I'm still pretty much a lightweight because I don't go every year. Like, I can yeah. – burned out on E3 really fast. I've been to maybe five or six E3s. Okay, so I'm yeah, I'm just a little bit behind you. I think this year was my fourth. Okay. What was what was your first one? 
Uh, my first one I'll never forget because that was when the Lakers won the NBA championship. Oh, man. And I remember uh, a colleague and I went into uh, a restaurant or went to a vendor meeting off-site from <clears throat> the convention center, and we emerged after the Lakers won, and there were cars burning and riots in the street. <laughs> it was like a scene from Escape from L.A. It was ridiculous. Holy crap. So whatever year that was, the the, <laughs> the Laker riots, that was my first one. I got to look that up. That was maybe uh, probably like the early 2000s, maybe a little bit I, later. I'm thinking maybe, oh, uh, maybe, oh, uh, six, maybe, oh, seven. It was towards the tail end of the three-peat, I believe, the second, uh, I believe. That's wild. Yeah, most of the E3s I've been to have been when the Warriors won. So just a couple people on their smartphones just getting really excited. <laughs> right. Not quite, not quite riots or <laughs> things blowing up. I remember coming back the next E3 um, and there were cops everywhere because the Lakers were back in the playoffs. <laughs> well, they were ready. They were ready. <laughs> they, were, they, were like... they were all armored up. I was like, oh, uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> back to New York City. Yep. Oh boy. So that's cool. So you've got to see, even though you haven't been to, you know, a ton of consecutive E3s, you, you have gotten to see the show evolve because you were there, you know, back in the early 2000s and you were there this year. We were just there together. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are kind of, what do you think, what's, what, what have been some of the big changes for you at E3? Well, this year, uh, the fans were allowed into E3. I think it was 15,000 additional people. It was, yep. it was open to the public. Record attendance. Record attendance. And <laughs> it was interesting because the floor was packed. I remember trying to get to meetings and uh, just, just walking around the perimeter of the floor instead of cutting directly through to a booth in order to avoid the crowds. Um, in that regards, it was, it was frustrating. But I did like something about it. It did have a certain atmosphere of excitement in the air. Like seeing yes. people, they're, they're you know big eyed and you know their first time at E3, and sometimes you know once you're in the media for a while, uh, you you encounter lots of jaded journalists who don't quite appreciate what they're doing or what they have, and it can get a little bit tiring sometimes hearing people like, oh my goodness, I have to play a video game for work, it's awful. Like yeah. come on, man. No, no, another another E3. <laughs> yeah. Another free trip to L.A. with <laughs> right. lots of booze. Right. How many parties you've been to this week, guy? Yeah. So, so <laughs> it's nice having that perspective of just like freshness of uh, you know people who who really enjoy and 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 and, and fantasize about being there. So that was yeah. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I actually I talked to a lot of fans this year, uh, mostly for a story I was doing and. Mm. Yeah, it was it was really refreshing to talk to people that were there strictly because they loved games and they like they just legitimately wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like yeah, I was surprised uh, by how many people didn't even mind like how crazy the lines were because you know they were making friends and right for the, you know just getting to be around developers was a big deal for them. So it, it definitely puts things in perspective and it's like yeah, this this is still a cool show. We, I think we should all be <laughs> I'll be grateful to be there. I just hope that. Uh, you know, hopefully the ESA can kind of rejigger things a bit, uh, make it more, you know, make it make it better for both sides. Yeah, I uh, I really hope that either that or you know, E3 moves to a larger venue. Yeah, because downtown LA, let's, let's let's face it, it's a bit of a wasteland. Um, 
if, if you if soon as you leave the convention floor and want to get something to eat, you gotta hop in a cab or you know you gotta walk twenty minutes find something decent. Yeah. So I hope they move to a larger venue or you know find a way to balance media and fans a bit. Yeah, that that would, I think I think a, a change of change of scenery would be nice. So we'll see what they do. Oh, one more thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, in regards to E3, one of my my, my uh, favorite moments from this year was when I went to the uh, Bandai Namco booth, where they were showing off uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Fighter, yeah. <laughs> Fighters, yeah, Fighters, Fighters. Uh, and what was cool <laughs> about it is that. I didn't have an appointment. I had already seen the game on the first day of E3, and the last day, I just wanted to play it again. So they let me in, and the thing that was beautiful about it was that it was like a mini Evo inside there the moment I went in there. Mm. It was L.I. Joe was there playing, um, Maximilian Dude, Gutex was there. And we were all just playing Dragon Ball, passing the controller around, loser gets off, and it yep. was kind of like, you know... This is what, you know, what gaming was like back when we were growing up, you know, a bunch of people just hanging out and having a good time. Yeah, the, the, those moments will happen occasionally through. I think two years ago I was there um, and I got there super early, uh, super early Thursday to play some more Street Fighter V. And, you know, Maximilian was there, mm-hmm. big fighting game YouTuber. So I got to play some matches with him and just talk about the game. And yeah, I mean, that's that is what fighting games are all about. Just kind of learning and watching matches, kind of trading off the controller. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have Evo around the corner. I'm sure you're uh, you're pretty hyped for that. Yeah, I think about taking that Friday off from work just so I could binge the first day of Evo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I I have similar plans. <laughs> Very excited. That's kind of, that's 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 like that's my Super Bowl weekend. You know, it's so true. <laughs> so I stock up on like wings and nachos and just don't leave my house. <laughs> so true. That that's my plan. Uh, it's going to be Evo, and uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Oh yeah. What what game are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to seeing uh KOF, uh Tekken Seven. You know what? I I watch almost any fighting game stream except for the anime fighters. I don't really get something about them just don't it don't hook into me for some reason. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I mean I think I actually I enjoy watching them at Evo, like I think it was two years ago. There was that amazing Blaze Blue moment. Yes. Yeah. The guy got the guy got up early. Yes. And like those those Arc System Wars games are so beautiful to watch. And, and especially once DBZ comes out, it's gonna those games are gonna blow up to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the that's the one subgenre where it's just it's so hard to wrap my head around. Now why um, is why well, is that? I, I don't I'm not sure myself. Yeah, I, I really don't know because it's not that far removed from kind of like. A KOF or a Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, just a little more technical. But yeah, I, I don't know why that is. But I, I do appreciate those games. I will, I'll give them a chance, mm-hmm. you know, when they're on at Evo. Right. But yeah, I'm, per, I'm personally, uh, I've been probably the most in, the most into Injustice lately, and in just that whole scene. Mm. Uh, but I think Tekken's gonna be super exciting. The fact that Arms is an Evo game is kind of crazy. <laughs> right. I'm super pumped for that to see what kind of like community develops around that. Right. And and obviously Street Fighter because Street Fighter Evo is always always special. Right. I I and I I I can't believe we live we live in a time where there's so much good. Uh, this turned to the fighting game podcast, but <laughs> I it, it was this this was always going to happen. Like you have me and you together. It's, it's going to become you know it's going to become the fighting game show. Uh, people playing fighters. Yeah, and it's a beautiful <laughs> people helping people. 
but yeah, we live in a time where there's so many ways to watch fighting games now. You have, you know, you have Evo, of course, which is the Super Bowl for fighting, the fighting game community. But you have the streams every day. You have the, the eSports deals. We can watch, you know, E-League on TBS. It's a great time to be in the fighting games right now. Yeah, I, I know, like, the, if you told my 12-year-old self that, you know, I'd be watching Street Fighter tournaments on TBS, <laughs> my mind would have been blown. Right. So it's... Uh... Yeah, that, that stuff is super awesome. It's really great to see. Oh, man. So, to, to kick things back to you a little bit, uh, kind of my last main question. Obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been mentoring and editing and kind of you know serving as a teacher for a lot of people. But I want to know, who are the people that inspire you? Oh, in terms of uh, the video game industry? Yeah, inspire you to write, inspire you to just do the things you do. I really love uh, what Eurogamer does in terms of like uh, their hardware spec comparisons and and some of their interviews. Like they when they when they interview like the heads of like say Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo, they really like ask some really tough questions, which I, I really appreciate. Um, so many like gaming interviews that I read are just kind of like you know the usual softball questions, but they kind of dig in. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate what Frank Cifaldi's doing, uh, with, um, in terms of preserving, uh, uh, video game history with his, uh, nonprofit organization. I've, mm-hmm. uh, I've got the exact name of it. Um, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's a really cool project he has. Uh, um, kind of keeping those retro games alive. It may be as simple as the video game history project, and, I, and I'm thinking that I'm wrong and it's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love what he's doing and like finding these old like prototypes and you know ROMs that of games that never made it or you know things that uh, you know code that developers thought they lost and found. That to me is 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 pretty amazing. Um, and I love the, the writings of uh, uh, Jeremy Parrish. I love his insight into, especially retro gaming. Um, yeah, he's he's really good at you know dissecting level design and and musical cues and how that you know affects the player and in the mix of of this interactive environment. So yeah, those are like my awesome. my, my big three right now. That's a solid three. Uh, can cannot dispute that. Uh, so Jeff, that about does it for my questions. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Any cool projects you're working on that you want to give a shout out to? Any people you want to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to all good people in the universe because we need you right now. Boy, do we! <laughs> um, in terms of the video game universe, um, yeah, I'm uh. I'll, I'll be contacting you actually for a project I'm working on probably in late August. Really? Yes, there's something that I'm working on uh, that uh, will be launching uh, late summer, early fall. So does it does it involve games that involve fighting? It could. <laughs> okay. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm excited. That's, we can, that's we can awesome. make that happen. Um, and, and if uh, you want to follow my mad rantings about uh, video games or, or or music or you know anything else I'm thinking about, I'm on Twitter at Jeffrey L. Wilson. Awesome. Well, guys, listening at home, definitely follow Jeff. Uh, I can vouch for his Twitter account. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> lots of good takes. <laughs> lots, lots of good jokes. 
By the way, I dug through my inbox. Yes. I found I found the fateful email that led me to the event where I met you. Uh back in uh 2012 the game was akai katana oh yes yes um and yeah that was it was a pretty cool shmup that's right it hit steam not too long ago yeah uh, yeah i mean they're they're still making stuff rising star games i still get emails from them uh but that was uh that was the first one and so and you were covering that for your old podcast correct not my old podcast i was covering that as an intern for Yellow Rat Bastard magazine. Wait, you wrote for Yellow Rat Bastard? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was one of my one of many uh, <laughs> unpaid internships I did on my way here. Um, yeah, that was yeah twenty spring twenty twelve. I was I was interning for them, and I just kind of went in, you know, once or twice a week, and they would occasionally send me to events. And yeah, that was that was kind of i talked i talked about i did kind of a solo episode of the show and i mm. talked about all the all the different things that led me to where i'm at and yeah that was that was one of the big ones in terms of me just getting out to events and meeting people oh wow okay um, but yeah it's funny yeah that's that was one of my first uh first big internships i guess i used to read that magazine back in my, my late 20s because i was going through my alternative phase and i used, oh, to, yeah. I used to shop there <laughs> I don't think the, the funny thing is the the uh, the magazine office was literally just the basement of the Soho store. <laughs> it was like the least glamorous thing in the world, but it, it also made so much sense. Right. <laughs> like it was, it's like yeah, this is this is fitting. I sh- I should be down here. Um, that was cool. Yeah, I don't know if I ever had anything published in the physical magazine. I worked mainly on their website, but uh, oh yeah. Hey, you know what? It all worked out. It all worked it, out. It, it led me to you. It led me to my job. It you know. Yeah. Now E3 Everything. and Evo, we're 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 taking over. Yeah, hashtag we made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Uh as always, pleasure talking to you. I'm sure I will see you quite soon. Yes, sir. We'll we'll get some fighting games in someday. That's right. You're on Steam, I'm on Steam. Let's make this happen. Yeah, we gotta make this happen. Yeah. yeah. And for you guys listening at home, as always, this is People Playing Games. You could follow us at People Playing Games on Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Andronico on Twitter, and you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes, pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. It would be awesome if you guys could subscribe and, and even drop a rating. That would be super, super helpful. And I hope you liked what you heard. As always, we'll be here hopefully every week. I try to make it that way. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, definitely check back soon. And as always, keep playing, guys. 